Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. We've been in a series on the book of Proverbs this summer. And uh, the first few weeks were all introduction, and then the last few weeks we've been looking at specific themes. So again, I know we've said it each, we've said it each week, but those first about nine chapters of Proverbs are all introductory sort of longer poems of invitation to the reader, uh, wooing us to, to trust that God has a wisdom for life that, that, that can find expression in the kind of nuts and bolts places of our lives. And then the last half of the book, chapters 10 through the end, are, are, are more classically perhaps what you think of when you think of Proverbs, a sort of uh, scattershot approach to seemingly unrelated little winsome bits of, of wisdom uh, for life. And so what we've done, we spent some time in the introductory material, but then these last few weeks we've picked up some of those kind of uh, themes that, that, that the second half of the book addresses. Again, really nuts and bolts stuff like money, right? Uh, the first week. Uh, the last week was friendship, right? Uh, again, it doesn't get much like nittier, grittier, I think, right? Than like the stuff of your life and the people in your life, right? That, that, that's just this where we live. And, and this week is the same, I think, in terms of its um, uh, application applicability, right? I'll use like real words eventually uh, this morning. But, but I think uh, this morning we're going to look at a proverb, uh, one of, again, a collection. There are, the theme creeps up over and over again in the book of Proverbs. And for some of us, this will be a harder topic than money uh, because this theme is emotions, right? You guys are like, well, I'd rather talk about money, please, right? Uh, but, but, but Proverbs has a lot to say, again, about the space where we live. Uh, in the same way that sort of the material possessions of our lives shade our day-to-day, in the same way that the relationships in our lives have a real sort of on-the-ground um, effect in our lives, emotions, I suggest, are, are kind of of the same kind. All right, so uh, obviously we're not going to look at all of them this morning, hence the Pixar tie, because I think Pixar does a real good job of pulling at human emotion, uh, even when it's not explicit, like Inside Out, if that was your favorite. Anyone, was that your favorite Pixar movie? Yeah. I just watched it for the first time, like a month ago, if you can believe it. And uh, yeah, my emotions are real. (laughs) Um, I'm like crying and like my eight-year-old daughters are like, what's wrong with dad? Uh, We're we're obviously not going to look at all the emotion of of human experience. Really, we're just going to focus on one this morning that I think kind of touches all of them. And, and again, recent, uh, given the last year and a half, uh, two years, but even prior to that, it was, it was a headline sort of uh, in, in human emotional experience. And it's the, it's, the, it's the category of anxiety or worry. Some of you guys I know, like your blood pressure is like 45. You don't feel stress. You just cruise through life like in a zen-like state. But for the rest of us, right, like uh, uh, anxiety or worry, I, I think is, is, a, is a space that we, uh, we can understand, again, uh, specifically over the last couple of years, but certainly well before, uh, well, well before, even in Proverbs in the Old Testament. Consider this gem, all right, this uh, gem as in gemstone, not as in CrossFit, uh, consider this Jim from Proverbs 12. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, okay. Uh, 
Uh, I, did, th- I didn't mean any disrespect to CrossFit, uh, just to clarify. Okay, bring it in. All right. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. Uh, I, again, just one example of what Proverbs might have to say about this emotion in our lives. And we'll come back to Psalm 40 uh, here in a little bit. But listen to what uh, uh, the writer of Proverbs says in this moment. Anxiety in a person's heart weighs them down. But a good word makes them glad. Right? This beautiful imagery that anxiety in a person's heart weighs them down. But a good word, in a sense, up, uplifts. Right? Anxiety, again, uh, a CrossFit would work, like weighs us down, right? Uh, you can see the burden, the weights we lift and carry. Anxiety kind of pulls us down, but a good word lifts, uh, lifts up. Uh, I think, again, Uh, We make this disclaimer from week to week. I'm not going to say everything there is to say about anxiety. I I hope that's probably a a given. But I just want to make a few observations, uh, invite you into some observations from this passage. I do think anxiety is kind of a slippery word, right? It is. It's a big word. We probably all experienced it uh, or currently experience it to varying degrees and in various uh, ways. But I, I think the first half of this proverb is really easy. It's, it's easy for us to, to see that, to, to kind of appropriate this, that anxiety is a weight on the heart. Right? I think you can probably like easily concede that statement of fact. And, and, and I think, uh, again, this bit of wisdom, I think uh, that can find, though, a variety of expression in your lives. I've shared before, some of you know, I have twin uh, daughters. I, th- I think anxiety can be acute, Right? Maybe it's of an acute type in your life. The circumstances that you're in or the particularities of the moment that you are facing can, can bring a kind of intensity in the anxiety that you feel and carry. I heard someone say that children are like the expansion set on the game of anxiety in your life. Right? <laughs> like, uh, and, uh, you know, maybe that's true. Uh, if you haven't had kids yet, it's really fun, but it's also very anxiety-inducing. <laughs> Um, but for us, you know, the way the story started for us, that was certainly true. And, and some of you probably know, but I just had some complications in pregnancy and, uh, it, it was a, it was a, just a wild few months, but we're, we're finally there Labor Day, actually Labor Day. Uh, and, uh, time for my children to arrive. And, uh, we're, you know, there in the hospital room, just having, just chilling, you know, I'm, you know, obviously it was a stressful moment for me, um, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, things were kind of cruising along and then out of nowhere, like, uh, all these medical personnel show up and there's a bit of like interpersonnel chat and I'm like, what is going on? And then the next thing I know, we're like sprinting out of the room and I'm like holding devices, right? I, I remember grabbing something like you know, attached to the bed and we're like running down the hall. Like, this is fun. Where are we going? Right? <laughs> like I'm a runner, but, uh, like I, I, I don't, uh, what, what's happening here? And clearly things were intense and I had no idea what was going on following down the hall and we, we, we turn the corner and they're, they're going into the OR and they push through the double doors, you know, they kind of push, push the bed through and I watch them. There's a window in the door. I watch them go and then they go into like an OR. It was kind of a, a, a kind of a, a, a open area and then into like an actual surgery room and the doors closed and I couldn't see anything, like nothing. And I'm standing there in the space that I'm in, uh, it was dark. The lights weren't on. And uh, I'm just kind of, Labor Day It's a holiday, right? And, you know, doctor's got to take some time off, I guess. But I'm standing there like a clueless, um, but knowing only that, like, uh, something is wrong. And I have no idea. I have no idea what. Uh, I, I felt an overwhelming sense of acute anxiety in that moment. 
Uh, and you know, you're like, you're a pastor. Didn't, didn't you just pray? Uh, like Paul said, I'm like, sure I did, uh, but it was not peaceful. <laughs> um, uh, but, but just in that moment, right? And maybe that's like, that's an experience you, you can relate to, right? It's kind of the acute, I've had other moments like that since then, but that is always a readily available space if I forget what that is like. But, uh, but I, I also think, maybe that's your end, I also think, right? So that clearly weighs the heart down, but there's a different kind of anxiety that I think has the same kind of pull uh, on the heart. And it's the, it's the kind of everyday sort, right? It's, it's the kind of just everyday sort of uh, kind of like the water on the shore. It just keeps lapping against the shore of your life and over time can erode uh, joy there. I'll give you another example. Apologies if I'm being too autobiographical here, but it is what it is. So uh, I put, I installed a new ceiling fan in my house yesterday, which probably deserves a round of applause, but we'll wait. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Oh, my gosh. Well, I obviously asked for it, so thank you. Thank you. Um, right, so uh, I, I had broken a fan blade. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say how long ago. So it was already like decades old and ugly and in need of replacement. And then it was dysfunctional for quite some time, but I was okay. You know, I'm sweating every night, but we'll be all right. Uh, it's better than the alternative of me and a home repair. Right? Because, because right, uh, for me, to give you sort of the other end, it's not acute. And I know it's, for many of you, you're like, you've got to be kidding me. But it, it, it is a sort of ever-present sort of nagging stress of anxiety in my life. Right? It, uh, I'm embarrassed. I'm vulnerable here. Uh, it evokes an unhealthy sense of anxiety for me. And I'm sure it's probably something different from you, for you. So we're sitting at lunch yesterday, and Jess is like, let's go get a fan. I was like, wait and install it, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, because this is what my mind does immediately. Uh, and I vocalized it immediately. I just, I'm like, oh, this is wrong with the house and this needs to be repaired and this needs to be fixed and this needs to be fixed. And it's like an overwhelming sort of ever present that uh, if I just don't pay attention to it, right? Like I'll, I'll be all right. But that kind of like, it, you know, this isn't some acute sort of disastrous thing happening in my life. It's just this ever-present sort of pressure. And Jess was like, whoa, pump the brakes, buddy. Let's just go get a fan, right? Like, okay, okay, right? Uh, so, you know, I don't know where you are on that spectrum. Chances are a room like this, you're all probably on it somewhere uh, with a few sort of uh, emotionless exceptions, right? I'm just, just kidding. But, but I, just, except to say that, that uh I think Proverbs, it's easy for us to see, to, to, to buy into uh, this, this truth that anxiety weighs on the heart, whether it's acute, sort of a, a, a moment, or this sort of ongoing way in which we carry the stress of life. I know you guys are like, man, Matt, it's just a fan, right? It's just a fan, right? You got a neighbor. I got a neighbor who can do it. Or like, uh, you know, this, just pay a guy, right? Uh, uh, you're like, and you seem like a pretty balanced guy, Matt. Really? This stresses you out? Well, it, I, I'm reminded of uh, author, journalist Scott uh, Stossel, I think is how I pronounce his name, wrote a book about his own experience of anxiety, my age of anxiety, fear, hope, dread, and the search for peace of mind. And this is what he said. To some people, I may seem calm, Maybe that's debatable this morning. I don't know. But if you could peer beneath the surface of my life, you would see that I'm like a duck. Paddling, 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 paddling. Maybe that's you. Right? Maybe it's not the acute sort of space of your life, but, but beneath the surface of your life, the anxieties that you carry, maybe about the future, maybe about the past, maybe about the particulars of your life in the present, maybe about the headlines, 
uh, whatever those spaces might be beneath the surface, paddling, 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 just to kind of keep uh, afloat. So, so all that to say, again, whatever your avenue uh, into anxiety is this morning, I think we can concede that it's a weight, a weight on the, the heart, the same heart, the, the same heart that Proverbs has been attempting to woo into a new life. The same heart that Proverbs will say, has said just a few chapters earlier, the heart that is the wellspring of, of life. That, that he, there is a sense here in this picture of anxiety that, that it is a weight on that very space in your life that is meant to kind of be a, a flow of, of life and joy and, and goodness. So whether it's sort of acutely stressful circumstances or the slows or building pressure or concerns that just erode at the edges of your life, uh, Proverbs, I think, is easy to appropriate here. Anxiety is a weight that we feel. This isn't the only space Proverbs talks about it. There's lots. The heart knows its own bitterness. A broken spirit dries up the bones. As for a broken spirit, Proverbs will say a little later, who can bear it? Right? This, I, I appreciate that Proverbs is honest about these kinds of challenges in life. Uh, uh, <laughs> spaces which, uh, again, Anne Lamott, uh, the author, writing about her experience of her first child, uh, writing a bit about faith, I think it's from operating instruction. She's like, my mind is a neighborhood I try to never visit alone. <laughs> right? Right? Because, right? Right, because of the, of the anxiety that, that she carried around whatever the particular topic or theme uh, was pressing her life at that moment. It's a weight. You guys are like, oh, please, Matt, get to the good part. But I think before we step into the good word that, that is promised in this passage, we, we, we just, I want us to hear and know that scripture, the Christian faith, and its expressions in the world sometimes uh, leave us questioning this. But scripture is clear in its honesty about life. And in this case, life's anxiety. It's, it's, it's the anguish of the psalm that Quentin read for us just a moment ago. My heart fails within me. Maybe you're not there today. You've probably been there at some point in your past. I mean, spoiler alert, you may be headed there at some point in the future. Uh, but the honesty of this psalm that my heart fails me, fails within me, it fails me. This feeling that anxiety in, in the psalmist's case from without and within weighing down his heart. So, you guys good? You ready to turn a corner? Maybe? You just want to keep wallowing here? Uh, we'll, we'll go. Uh, so this is great, I think. The next bit is also good, right? So anxiety weighs the heart down. But a good word, a good word lifts it up. And you're like, yes, right? Yes, we, I think, can affirm that. You may have experienced that in your life, the timeliness of a, of, a, of, a, of a timely spoken word of encouragement to you that breathed life. But, but, I, I find this half of the proverb prickly. Uh, just a little, uh, prickly is the word. I don't know if that's the right one because I want to ask, well, yes, but uh, what exactly do you mean by good word? Because who of us hasn't been trying, well, let me, well, okay, 
I'm, I'm, I'm in it now, I gotta go, right? Because I, I think like, like what, what do you mean by good word? This did not happen, but it occurs to me, my, my wife is a woman of great wisdom, which is why this did not happen. Proverbs is, you know, flowing in her life. But, uh, you know, had I been installing a ceiling fan and, and having trouble, as I may or may not have had yesterday, significant trouble, right? Uh, uh, she's like, what can we do next? I'm like, whoa, 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 you got to give me like some time to repent and confess from this experience uh, before I feel whole enough to step into the next one. But right in the midst of sort of that anxiety, who wants to hear, hey, honey, uh, you know, let me do that, right? You need some help? I, you want me to help you with that? I could do that for you, right? She didn't do any of those things. But, but when I hear this proverb, I think, I think sometimes a good word can feel like that, particularly in the church, Right, particularly around questions of anxiety and, and, and this kind of human experience that in the church, man, uh, again, to clarify, just did not do that yesterday. Uh, uh, but but that, that, that oftentimes a, a good word, even one of encouragement, man, it, it, it takes a bit of skill to be delivered in a way that it, it will be received. Right, uh, again, let, let me, I don't know if, if I'm being very clear here, but let me, uh, let, let me try. Uh, and, you know, maybe that good word comes from someone else in a way that just is like, uh, feels not like good news, right? But maybe it, it comes in the, in the sort of familiarity of, of your own voice uh, as you carry anxiety. But I, I, I think, I, I heard uh, an author, Carrie Willard, uh, whose sort of reflection on these things has been helpful to me. Uh, but she, she said, you know, you've heard the expression, don't worry, be happy. Right? Culture says, you know, don't worry, be happy. Uh, but she's like, in the church, we, we shift it a little bit, and it becomes, don't worry, just be holy. In the sense of like, right, that feeling like, well, if I'm struggling with anxiety, well, then something is deficient in my faith. That if this is a, a space in which I find uh, difficulty or challenge, then, 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 you know, maybe if I just believed better. Uh, it is interesting to me. So this is what I mean, right? So we kind of come with the good word in the church of encouragement. Well, just have more faith, buddy, right? Or, you know, whatever that might look like. A lot of times it, it doesn't feel like a good word. It, again, we have to admit Jesus addresses anxiety sort of head on. And he like, uh, in a way that only he can, pushes back, right? Admits this is not God's design for your life. You know, you know the bit, the lilies and the birds, the field, all of that. He's like, don't, don't be anxious about that stuff. God holds you. He holds it together like we sang this morning, which is true, right? And we'll, we'll say Jesus is exceptional in his ability to speak to the anxiety in your life. But it's interesting and, and uh, again, uh, Carrie Willard helped point this out for me. But in Matthew's gospel, right after he says, don't be anxious. I mean, the immediate bit that follows in Matthew is don't judge, right? Don't, don't be so focused on sort of the things you see wrong in a brother and you just, or sister, and you just kind of like miss the brokenness in your own life. And sometimes I think, I think sort of a good word when we are in a moment of anxiety can feel like that. It can feel like Matthew 7. Like someone just sort of, man, just have more faith. <laughs> or, you know, it'll be okay, just hang in there, right? God's got it, right? Even like things that are true, like God works everything together for good. Spoken to us, uh, spoken to us in a moment of anxiety or brokenness does not sound, does not sound, we don't hear it as good news. I think what happens is, as Proverbs has said over and over again, our broken hearts, uh, we can dilute the good word. 
right? That, that we, again, we're not good at receiving it. We're not good at, at giving it. I, I thought of a couple of other examples, just in culture and in life. I mean, maybe you're familiar with Monty Python and the life of Brian. Always look on the bright, anyone? Side of life. You guys are like, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that. Uh, certainly not after your rendition, uh, right? But, but, that, but at times, a good word. Again, so there's all of that to say in Proverbs, right? Hey, I'm okay. Anxiety weighs the heart down. But a good word cheers up. Oh, yes, but man, why sometimes does it feel so tricky, so uh, prickly? I, I think, man, and there are other examples we'll leave for another day. But, but I, I, I want to take us back to sort of the bit of the conversation we've been having week in and, and week out here at Park City. Uh, that it's the human heart, the brokenness at the human heart in all of it, in our experience of anxiety, in our sort of uh, desire perhaps to speak a good word to someone else, that sort of tucked in all of that is the, is the, the, the brokenness of our sinful human hearts, that we're not very good at offering the good word, and weighed down hearts are equally poor often at receiving it. So where do we go from here? I was like, you said, Matt, you said this was the turn to the good news, right? We're, we're there. We're on the, we're on the cusp. I, here's what I want to just uh, maybe uh, offer that I think Proverbs kind of hits us squarely. Uh, this proverb hits us squarely uh, with, with this kind of truth this morning is that hearts that are weighed down by anxiety need a good word from outside of themselves. And this, I think, is, this is where the good news of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, like, meets us here. Because what, what a heart weighed down by anxiety doesn't need is like, stop worrying, right? Have more faith. I mean, if it were that simple, right? If it were that simple, I'd install fans in all your homes, right? Uh, but, but, it, but it doesn't work that way. Like, that's not good news. But the good news of the gospel, uh, as it relates to your carrying of the weights of anxiety in your life, is that there is spoken to you and to me a good word from outside every sort of brokenness of the human experience. Uh, Again, Quentin read it for us this morning in Psalm 40. Where we started was my heart fails, but where we finished was the Lord takes thought for me. The Lord takes thought. For me, so so you're you're you're, you're thinking, right? I, I don't know. Like culturally, I think one answer to anxiety is mindfulness, right? Just like give me a bit of mindfulness. But but the good word of the gospel is the good news that actually it doesn't start with your or my mindfulness. Yes, it matters. It's why Paul will say things like, "Don't be anxious about anything, but pray." Like, be mindful of something different. He'll say uh, he'll say in that same space in Philippians. Think about what is good and right and true and pure and noble, right? Because because what we attend to matters. Yes, all of those things matter. But in Paul and in Proverbs, that is not the first word. The first word, the good word to your anxiety and mind, mind is that God is mindful for you, that regardless of your mindfulness, and the, again, just speaking from my own experience, the sort of fractured, like, ability of my heart and mind to handle anxiety in my own life, that in spite of all of that, it doesn't change the truth that God is mindful for you, 
David said, for me, God, is, you are mindful uh, for me. It, it calls to mind for me uh, uh, another passage of Scripture. It's been just a source of encouragement for me over the last few years. And the context is a little different, but in, uh, John in the New Testament, writing his letters, uh, 1 John chapter 3, he's talking about uh, this. How can we know? This is what he says. How can we know that we belong to the truth? And then this beautiful phrase, how can we set our hearts at rest? Right, The opposite of a heart weighed down. How can we set our hearts at rest in God's presence? And then he says this, if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Right, did, you, did you hear that? All right, so in the throes of anxiety or, or in response to kind of the relentless sort of maybe anxieties that you carry in your life, in those moments when your heart wants to condemn if I just believed more or why can't I get a handle on this, all the questions that want to creep up in those moments of our lives, John gives me a bit of hope here that my heart can find rest, not because of my mindfulness, but because of God's. That even when my heart condemns me, God is greater than my heart and he's greater than yours. I'm gonna take you back to the hospital room uh, for just a moment um, with uh, that, that when my kids came, right? Uh, they'll, they'll be nine in like a short time, which is nuts to me. You guys are like, man, man, you look like you're 25. That's crazy, but uh, you know, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but, but if I could take you back sort of to that scene, and then, then we'll take communion together, and uh, we'll close with a song, a hymn, uh, pulling us into uh, Jesus Christ's mindfulness for you and the security that is there. Uh, but to take you back to that hospital room, you know, I'm standing there. The lights are out. And again, I've probably shared this before with you. Uh, in the dark, literally in the dark, metaphorically in the dark, I just was like, you know, What? <laughs> riddled with uh, anxiety so many questions and uh, fear I mean just anger all of it it was apparently all just kind of like swirling around and uh, I mean literally by myself no explanation nothing I, I had no clue what was happening and uh, just that everyone was freaking out <laughs> and, uh, so I'm standing there and uh, a nurse comes up whom we had had some months before on a previous stay at the hospital and uh, remembered us, you know, uh, and comes alongside me. And uh, what she did for me was give me a good word from outside of myself. Right In, in that moment, it wasn't, uh, it'll be okay. She probably said that. It wasn't, uh, you know, she happened to be a believer. We had talked about it previously, a follower of Jesus. It wasn't like uh, God's got this under control. I, you know, I knew all of those things. But as we've said over and over again, Proverbs pulls us repeatedly away from just knowing. Like, it's a heart thing. She, she probably said those things, but that's it's not really what I remember. What she did was she came alongside me, put her arm around me, and said, come on, let's go. She just kind of stepped up under that weight that I had and said, just well, come with me, right? Recognizing, I was overrun with questions and anxiety. And in that moment, because uh, she had authority in a way that I didn't have, uh, had knowledge in a way that I didn't have, uh, she kind of took me around and into a space where I finally was able to see my newborn children. And then even into a space where Jess was still sort of in the throes of crisis. Uh, again, the anxiety 
uh, was no less, right? It, it didn't change the, sort of the nature and the reality of the circumstances I was in, but, but she was a good word from outside of myself that strengthened me. And maybe you're here this morning with a heart that is weighed down. Maybe you hear voices, why isn't my faith stronger? Maybe that voice is your own. Why can't I hold this together? Why is this small thing causing such a problem in my life? It's just a ceiling fan, (laughs) right? Like, I don't know what that space is for you. My prayer for you is that you would hear the good word of the one who is gentle and lowly in heart. And that even when, precisely when your heart is weighed down with worry, his heart is mindful of you. And it's his mindfulness yours that makes the difference thank you for listening to the park city church podcast to learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at parkcitykc.com